welcome to Uncorked. This is Matt Corker, and this is our podcast, Uncorking the Great Tales of Remarkable People or Things, and we especially love uncorking the stories that we can't uncover on the internet. And this Vancouver slash Whistler superstar that Steph and I have both admired for a long time, um, we are so excited to welcome Devin Brooks to the podcast. Devin, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm super, I'm super good. I am feeling um, my usual parent tired, met with a huge sense of optimism and uh, a desire to get everything done I need to do today so that I can make dinner and go to my Monday Mama Hip Hop class. <laughs> oh, I love it. So That's on the agenda. Us- Instead of me rhyming off like a standard introduction that we copied for you, Devin, tell us what you're up to. What's filling up your life, your days these days? Oh, yeah. Um, Well, being the very fortunate, privileged, lucky mom to Rosen, who's three, and Clooney, who's 20 months old, and picking them up and dropping them off from skiing lessons and mountain bike camps and all of the awesome things that kids get to do when they are spending the majority of their childhood in Whistler, which is just so amazing. And, and then um, commuting into either my co-working space in Whistler um, or we work downtown where my other team is for my project Sphere, which I started uh, last December 2016, um, wrote the business plan in bed at like, I don't know, 2 a.m. in the morning or something, whenever creativity strikes. And I've been really, really focused on that since, um, since last December. So that's been the bulk of my time has gone into bringing this project to life, to fundraising, to procuring an incredible, talented, hungry team of humans who believe that coaching is one of the things that helps us to be more conscious, which is what Sphere is all about. Okay, so we are definitely wanting to hear more about Sphere, yet can we back up just one chapter to your days at Blow? Yes. So it's a blowout business that you started with your mom, yeah? Yeah, yeah. My mom and my mom and I came up with the concept. My mom's Judy Brooks, who's a very well respected um, incredible, smart, um, punchy pint of a blonde, pint-sized blonde um, in Vancouver who's really known in the business community. And she had had a few businesses before we started Blow together and um, conceived the concept and then went to our friend Val Letwin, who has become really a lot more like a brother um, and family member. Um, we started it, the three of us, three co-founders. And what was the impetus to start this business or what, what need did you see in the market? What started it? Well, the, I suppose it was really started by my mom and I committing to wanting to do something together because we were um, really coming off a year and a half of batting business ideas back and forth um, during my time in university. So when I penned the business concept for Blow, uh, the business plan, I was 20. And we had already spent about a year and a half throwing ideas back and forth at each other. And it was just this one totally off-the-cuff um, call between my mom and I where she was like, why is it that 
all the, you know, most successful women in business in Canada look like shit. And I was like, (laughs) yes, why is that? And we realized that, you know, nail bars were starting to become a thing and everybody was walking around with a great, you know, affordable, fast manicure, but nobody had the same options when it came to their hair. And really you don't, you don't, you know, your confidence doesn't get elevated by a great manicure. The thing that you really, you know, perks your shoulders up and makes you walk tall. The first thing you notice about another person, another woman, when they walk through a door is usually their hair. Hmm. And so what was it like? We are huge fans of family business, obviously, but what was it like for you to be in business with your mama? Amazing. (laughs) Um, And, and we have a, a really, uh, gosh, like undeniable connection, her and I, um, I, now that I'm a parent, I know that every parent um, hopes and wants to believe that they have, you know, an incredible relationship with their children. And I think that what we often have is incredible amounts of love. But what Judy and I also had in addition to that love was really next level communication and um, a speed of trust as a result of that communication. Um, and, and that really is what made being in business together um, so transformative and phenomenal, I think. And, you know, I would say like communication is such a strong foundation for any relationship. Was there a special, um, like, how did you create, when you say communication, what does that actually like boil down to? I think you tend to perfect your communication and relationships over the really tough stuff rather than over the really easy day-to-day things. So my parents had a really tumultuous relationship. Um, at least I would have perceived it to be that way in, in my eyes as a kid. Um, and, and I think there were some positive things to, to their relationship as well. They probably would have said they were really good friends and had a lot of fun, but it was really a, a complicated relationship. And I think that um, them separating pretty much all the time um, as early on as I can remember until they finally divorced when I was about seven and hooked up with their new partners and did all the move-ins definitely required some really clear communication from toddler to parent um, about how I was feeling and what was going on. So I would say those would be like the earliest examples of that, but it, it definitely climaxed as a teenager. Um, I have talked about my experience um, with violence and assault. I was raped by a friend when I was 18 um, while traveling in Montreal with one of my best friends at the time. And and then later when I was 21 after founding Blow, just literally three months after founding Blow, um, I, I was uh, attacked and held against my will in my home by a former boyfriend. And I've talked about those experiences and, and those two experiences were very, very poignant and very um, pivotal in terms of my mom and I, you know, getting to a, a place of mastery in our communication because I can recall saying um, when I was 21 after um, I was able to convince this man uh, to drop the knife that he had held to my throat for almost, I don't know, six or seven or eight hours um, and flee my apartment and, and turn himself in. I 
I called my mom and explained what happened. And of course, as a parent, you hear something as violent, as traumatic as that happened to your child and you want to get on a plane seconds later and go be with them and care for them. But I said, mom, I need you to stay right where you are. I need you to give me space and I need to know that I can get through this on my own and I need you to respect that. And when I'm ready for you to come and to be here with me, I will let you know. And I think most parents... Um, would have either A, doubted that their kids knew themselves enough to know what they need, or B, um, not been able to honor a request that is as heady at, as that at a time when there's, you know, such violence and, and police um, involvement. But she got it, and she just took a deep breath, and, you know, she was, I think, at a fashion event with Val when she got the phone call, um, our former business partner, and I said, so you just need to walk back into your event and enjoy where you are because there's nothing, you know, you can affect about this. I just need to, I need to begin the process of, um, of letting this all, uh, you know, be absorbed and I'll let you know when I'm ready. And, and she respected that. And for me, that was sort of like the pinnacle of, of, of us getting to a place of, of mastery in our communication and, and do I think we're masters? No, but I think that we really um, use each other and our relationship to be um, to be exerting that mastery and 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 to be trying um, to role model the best of of what we're made of in terms of how we um, move through the world in our relationships. So you know, I've definitely I've talked about those experiences, um, but there were also experiences through my teen years that we're incredibly shaping of that parent child relationship. And, you know, I will, I'll share another one because um, I think that every, every young woman I know had a shitty boyfriend or two as a teenager. Um, But I had some, mm, some scary relationships um, even before those experiences that I've just described. And, um, one of those, uh, when I was about, God, like 14 or 15, I had a boyfriend for a couple of months and he was beautiful and special. And I was, you know, in my, in my 14, 15 year old brain, I was totally in love with him. Um, but really what I was trying to do was, um, fix him by dating him and giving him my love because he was a person who needed so, so much. And I felt like I had so many more resources and so much love given to me that somehow it was my duty to give this to him. And that relationship ended up being um, incredibly dangerous for me. He ended up stalking me and I had to be moved to different locations. And um, I, I broke up with him on a night where I just sort of got a feeling and intuition. We had been together for a couple of months and I said, you know, I just have to leave where I'm at. I call my parents, come pick me up. And um, that night he, uh, he put somebody in the hospital with hundreds of stitches from the shoulders up because he took a meat cleaver to their face. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, that was sort of next, next level. And I wouldn't even have called that a shitty boyfriend because he wasn't a shitty person. He was a deeply wounded person who I was trying to support by being in a relationship with and that obviously wasn't a very good decision for me and I found other ways now to support people who um who I feel like 
um, I can rather than dating them. And, um, and my mom, even at that time, she just trusted me. Like she, she knew that I was skipping school to be with this person. She knew that when I was going to, um, you know, homes or out drinking on a Friday night, um, or to this person's group home where he was staying, that I was probably in pretty unsafe environments, but I was really clear and honest with her about where I was going and what I was doing. I very rarely lied. And um, the one or two times I can remember I did, I definitely got called out for it to the max. And it wasn't even about lying. It was about accountability. It wasn't like she was mad at me for lying. She was like, hey, we're working hard on having a relationship at this level. And when you lie, you take us down a notch. So don't. And, and I would say that those examples are like set us up for being really great business partners. Yeah. And so through all of this, holy wow, thanks for being so real. And, you know, what, what was the biggest lesson or challenge or heck, what, something that you were even the most proud about with Blow? Like you look back and you're like, man, that was a pivotal experience for us. Oh God. I mean... The early days of Below were so fun, Matt. <laughs> Judy and Val and I, we just had, we spent most of our time in stitches, um, laughing on the floor, you know, like rolling around and um, just poking so much fun with each other, being constantly in production and build mode at all hours of the day. Um, and we, you know, from a brand and, and growth perspective, we had such a laugh with exploring the way that Blow would show up in the world. I think at, at one point I was driving around in a magenta colored smart car in Toronto that just said, just blow me across it. And <laughs> I love, I loved that car. Definitely got a lot of attention from um, elderly people in that car. Um, and we just had such a laugh together and it was, it was the deep friendship in that business partnership that just made that I think so explosive for the three of us. Um, but the thing that makes me the most proud of what we created together was that we as three founding partners could all walk away from the business operationally and could have created something of such cultural systematic, um, strength, operational strength, that it could continue to survive without that sort of founder magic. And Blow just celebrated its 100th store. So wow. um, I think that speaks volumes about the systems and the brand and the culture that we articulated before the first doors even opened in Yaletown, Vancouver back in like 07. Now, how did you know that it was time to close that chapter? How did you know, like, here it is, it's like this booming success and you three look at each other and you're like, all right, it's time, time we're no longer the founder, like we, it's, it's no longer our time to provide that founder magic. Mm -hmm. Well, for me, the decision was very unique. Um, I was dealing with um, immense post-traumatic stress disorder and, and so you know, I was raped at 18 and then had this in, in, entirely um, traumatic second incident just after founding Blow. And so I had been in like momentum since I was raped in Montreal. Like I got on the plane two weeks later, I went to London College of Fashion. I did my, you know, all the internships and every, I took advantage of every opportunity and really like was um, just swimming laps, swimming laps and laps and laps and never stopped. And 
And so after those first couple of years of glow, um, I, I started to realize um, by observing myself and some of the symptoms that were showing up um, that I, I probably needed to make a change. That what that what I would that is what I would say is the 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 most um, poignant reason for why I personally made the decision to back out operationally. Mm. It's like checked in with yourself, being like, I need to do this for me. Yeah, it, it, that, it was just a gut check. It was like, hey, we're in a really good place. We are growing. We have hundreds of franchise requests. Our systems are strong. Our culture is strong. Our brand is incredibly well-crafted and articulated. You know, people are responding well to it. Um, we've had, we had at that point hundreds of media hits around the world. And it was just a matter of pouring funding on that fire to watch it grow. Mm. Um, and so we knew that whatever partners we ended up um, merging with, which we did, were really going to be about those resources and, and less about that, you know, the, the, that founder magic. It was now like the well-oiled machine um, phase. And, and I am definitely a builder. So um, I thought with those two reflections, it was a really good time for me to start to consider um, to step out and step into my next iteration. Now, this is what I love. So if we just pressed the fast forward button, all of a sudden, now you have two beautiful little munchkins and <laughs> are also, again, in the launch phase for your next product, Sphere. And what advice do you have for the other mama entrepreneurs out there? <laughs> You're not going to have sex, like, ever? <laughs> so get over it? <laughs> Um, I don't know. That's probably not very good advice. Um, I, I, I would just say that getting clear on my mission, my reason for being is what birthed this, this business sphere. And so tell us a every, little bit about sphere now then. So Sphere is a world-class tool for scaling and serving the knowledge economy. And we are focused on scaling the impact of personal coaching, what we call guidance. And that was born out of my experience in my own practice as a coach and a guide and realizing that there were all these pain points to accessing and delivering on an incredible guidance experience or personal coaching experience. And therein lied an opportunity to utilize technology to create an incredible delivery tool for guides or coaches to scale their own personal practice. So rather than utilize, you know, a plethora of services you have to subscribe to, you know, via membership and that cost anywhere from a hundred to seven hundred dollars a month in things like um, homework or um, video conferencing solutions or audio conferencing solutions or um, reminders and accountability tools, um, calendaring, invoicing, all of that stuff that that coaches have to do, which takes them out of the magic of guidance and has them managing their business. 
um, I thought here's an opportunity to build a tool that does that and scales the impact of guidance as a result. And, and then I kind of put my brand hat on and realized not only was there an opportunity for this tool to come into this space of personal development that is um, more specifically personal coaching, which has been growing at 7% year over year in North America alone without any innovations in technology and is already a multi-billion dollar industry. I thought, okay, well, what's happening in this marketplace from an awareness and brand perspective? And I realized that everything to do with coaching was driven by um, persona brands. So brands based mm. on authors or um, people and that, that, that actually there was no um, completely inclusive, um, you know, gender non-specific, non-machismo brand out there that totally just invited in the world to self-discovery and made personal coaching and this kind of, of personal development completely accessible um, on, on a dime. And Sphere is here to do it. Sphere <laughs> is definitely here to do the damn thing. I love um, that. <laughs> and so tell me a short-term goal that's related to this business. So like what we can, we can be supporting you in as you get ready to, to launch this bad boy to the world. Well, one of the things that we'll be um, needing to really do, so we're on track to launch um, early summer 2018. And I've been just totally grassroots relationships, just like me and you, Matt, looking out to the, the coaches and guides in my community and saying, you know, who would be incredible advocates and ambassadors of this, this product who could really prove out um, the, the efficiency and power of this product. And so we've been scaling our guide community to a few hundred and really, um, that's what's going to help us prove this to be successful is getting guides to use this product, product to see how much time and money it gives them back mm. um, and, and to use it to increase their exposure. So it's sort of like thinking about Sphere as being the Airbnb for guides. Mm. Rather than being an apartment host, you're a guide getting to increase your exposure to a ton of seekers who are looking for what it is that you do best. I love this. I am so excited for the future of Sphere. I'm so excited to be supporting Sphere and I can't wait for, for launch so that the rest of the world, um, in the interest of time, we're going to hit I can't wait for lunch so that my husband can see that, you know, over the last year, every time I leave the house or I'm working up, you know, until two in the morning, he's like, oh, this is what that was for. <laughs> right. And he'll be oh, probably like, can we have sex it. now? <laughs> yeah, totally. Can we finally have sex? Cool. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So beyond business, you've been awarded top 40 under 40. You're a sought after speaker, rocking so many stages. And we really want to know about you. So it's like, what do you do when shit hits the fan? I clean it off the fan and then, <laughs> and then I, I move. I mean, I get physical, like whether it's, if I can get out, you know, and put my sneakers on and just hit the payment, pound the payment for 20 minutes, I'll do that. Um, and if I, if I can't do that, I, I will literally be in standing splits. I'll be with my team, like bending my legs or jumping up and down. I am known to do push-ups in the middle of a, uh, a group brainstorm. So definitely when shit hits the fan, um, 
I, I move. I love it. Okay. Last question before we let you go. What's making your heart beat faster these days? Oh, the idea of how potent human potential is and the excitement and fire I feel to be able to serve it. Mm, so good. For me these days, it's like what's making my heart beat faster is the fact that I'm finally back in Vancouver and like just being able to spend time with my husband in the kitchen makes me feel like a million bucks. Ooh, so. I want to come over for one of those dinners. I bet you yes. just cook really good food. <laughs> we is such a strong term <laughs> sentence, you know? <laughs> Who's the good cook? Who's the oh my shit gosh. cook? I am the shit cook. <laughs> definitely gets props on this one. Um, anyway, we'll bring you over. It'll be so great to um, celebrate the Launchosphere later this summer as well. So maybe that's the cause for celebration. Um, Devin, it has been such a pleasure having you on Uncorked today. And we can't wait to continue not only to follow you on Instagram, um, but also to see what success Sphere creates in this world. So thanks again for being with us. Thank you, Matt. 